0: Ah, the immigrant song. And you know what is a crime is that video with the cats. Yeah. It, you can't find it anymore. What? I know. There was a great video, and this has been years. Oh, right? yeah. So, I don't know. they also did some Ramones with those cats. Did they? Yeah. Years ago, someone did a hilarious video of the immigrant song with some cats, and it was... Made up as they have Viking helmets on and they're on these boats. <laughs> and it was hilarious. And I, I actually looked for it, not for this. I just, it, I was reminded of it uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you can't find it. it it's, it's gone. So if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. If you don't, we're sorry. But trust us, it was funny. The immigrant song gets us into this week's Fright Club podcast. We are talking about coming from the land of ice and snow. That's it's right. Nordic horror this week. Welcome. I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is, as I said, the Fright Club podcast. We're from madwolf.com. And uh, yes, yeah, Nordic horror. We've, I think we've been talking about doing this for a while, we right? We have, yeah. But never got around to it.
1: Yeah. And I suppose technically it's sort of Nordic slash Scandinavian, because like most people, I don't really know the difference. So I had to really look
0: into it. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, geography was not my strongest suit either. <laughs> so uh, forgive us. But um, so, yeah, so there's some that we've talked about. A couple of these titles we've talked about before. Some we haven't, though. And one we finally get to talk about in depth, that I think it's long overdue, so we'll get to that. But we want to say thanks for all the weirdness last week as we did it live in front of the great audience at the Gateway Film Center. It was our fav- favorite horror movie weirdos, and we got some great feedback that reminded us we forgot a couple.
1: Well, I mean, it, it is true that, I mean, some people had some great, great thoughts, and it's funny, Knack Mac brought one up that, you know, I, he wouldn't have made the list, but we should have at least shown the clip, so Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th. You're doomed. <laughs> that would have been, he would have been a funny one to add. That was a good idea. And then Tom and Tammy, they both mentioned just before, just before we talked about it, Crispin Glover.
0: Oh. Who, let's be
1: honest. Easy, not everybody's favorite weirdo? Yeah.
0: Just, but he's at 24 seven though.
1: Exactly. Regardless of the list, but he could have, he could have been on the list for either Willard or for, Friday the 13th, part four, where he does some disco
0: dancing. Or from that appearance on The Letterman Show <laughs> years ago where he got the hook. Remember that? He came out. I'm strong. I can kick. <laughs> he did that whole clowny clown thing. But uh, okay, that's a good one, though. Yeah, anytime you get Crispin Glover on the list, that's a good thing.
1: And Dark Dave had a couple. He was sorry that he didn't hear. Tid Buffalo Bill.
0: Oh. Ted Levine from Time for the
1: Lambs. And then he okay. also wanted Alex from Clockwork Orange.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't have thought of that one. No, but that's all right.
1: And Monty, I'm just mentioning him because he was so happy to see Big Ronnie.
0: Yeah, what was fun about that was because it got into a war of quotes on <laughs> on Twitter, and I actually felt bad. You know, when we recorded the podcast, no one in the audience had seen it, so I thought, oh wow, we're just prattling on about, <laughs> we're just laughing amongst ourselves. <laughs> so it was, so was kind of nice to get it. We got into this Twitter war about all the quotes uh, of the movie, and. Yeah, it's just one you have to see, you have to experience. And I'm so glad it's on our list to show live in, on one of our in, next year's. Yeah, 2017 yeah, lineup. People have to see this. It's just insane. And then we can all quote again. That's we right. Can quote each other. So, yeah. Thank and you. And then
1: I do want to mention, right? Andrew Sidlick mentioned that he couldn't possibly watch Bad Boy Bubby, although he liked the list and he was sorry he missed a live event. He loved May. But it's true, there's some, you know uh there you know there's some questionable cat treatment
0: yeah you know and if you look around as i did a little bit didn't mention it when we talked about it but there there are some there is some information out there that they possibly handled it humanely and it's not as bad as you think i don't want to get into that i certainly respect your your opinion on that but uh, if you ever are of a mind to it you can find some information that maybe it's not it's not that bad but Certainly is again. Respect your opinion on that, but he is certainly a weirdo, bad yeah, boy. Yeah, he's a weirdo. No but we're doubt. sorry we missed you, Andrew. Uh, at May, hope we see you next month. Yeah, definitely. Next month is going to be December. It's late. It's December fourteenth, I think, because mm-hmm. the first falls on a on a Thursday. Yeah. So So uh, December fourteenth, and just it's,
1: before my birthday.
0: Yay! About a week before, six days before. So that'll be fun. And we're working on making it possibly be an event, a beer event for the Mad Wolf. Uh, ale with the Dayton Beer Company. I'm in contact with them. Haven't inked it yet, but uh, hopefully there could be some fun announcements there. So uh, an instant birthday party slash beer tasting slash podcast movie thing. So that that's be right.
1: Fun. With Calvair. Yeah, we're
0: going to show Calvair. So I know we've talked about that one a lot, but a lot of people have not seen that either. True. So uh, it'll be fun to see that one on the big screen with all those Christmas wishes <laughs> that it has in it. So All right, that's looking ahead, but we are back to the land of ice and snow. It's Nordic slash Scandinavian horror. We are into it with um, entry number five from 2010, Troll Hunter.
1: First of several from Norway, and one. Oh, of the- <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> one of the first things I loved, the first time I saw this movie, is you know you don't know a great deal about sort of Norwegian folklore outside of trolls. It seems like you know from the only thing I know is, and and
0: and not the the DreamWorks trolls that are in the theater right now. No, no not no, those trolls. No,
1: the the good kind. And um, and one of the things I love about, about this movie, it just, it just, like, celebrates that. It's like, we aren't making this up. These things are real. <laughs> and then the other thing that's great is that they're not, I, you don't know how they hide
0: exactly. They're, like, the size of they're a bridge. Huge. They're huge. That's the thing that surprised me when we saw it. I'm like... Wait a minute. Aren't they supposed to be little guys? <laughs> and they're huge. They're huge. <laughs> they're so
1: big. They're, it's so fun. It's it's found footage, which, as you know, is not my favorite. Right. Um, and But it's just, you know, the approach, it, you know, it really does. It has that shaky camera, ultra-realism kind of a feel to it, and all of a sudden, blam, these
0: giant trolls. <laughs> and
1: it's just jarring and and fascinating. And the movie is really,
0: really funny. Yeah, and it also, you, you spoke about for, folklore, and it contains... Several references to old Scandinavian folk tales, most, the most specifically, my favorite when I was a kid, the Three Billy Goats Gruff. Absolutely, I loved that when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, and then at one point, Thomas, the character, mentions an eating competition, a reference to the story Ascaladen, which I wasn't familiar with, but certainly familiar with Three Billy Goats Gruff. And you can definitely see that because the bridges and oh, then yeah. the trolls, oh, except yeah. except once again in the Billy Goats Gruff, they were small, right? And here they they're huge, yeah.
1: They're, yeah, they're absolutely enormous. And, you know, the different characters, they say such hilarious things. <laughs> and the, the humor is is silly, but but it's also quite dry, which just makes it land
0: all the better, I think. Well, and also because a lot of, we wouldn't know them, but many of the characters are, were, are played by Norwegian comedians. Oh, okay. Very famous Norwegian comedians. So they're very high profile, Not not to us, but so they know what they're doing in the comedy department.
1: Yeah, it's a you know, it's just a funny movie. And the hunter is he's a, he's a great character, uh, you know, allegedly a bear hunter, but not really. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it's you know, it's it's just borderline horror, really. It's it's definitely a horror comedy and there's not a great deal of blood or gore or anything, but it is a monster movie and it's a very, very fun one.
0: Yeah. And another one that we wanted to mention, not a comedy, but from the Netherlands and talking about folklore is one uh, called Borgman. From 2013 weird just so weird but very effective again borderline borderline horror it's more psychological yep and very very strange but spooky very spooky and it has some great visuals and there's definitely some some bloodshed um but uh it's really really weird kind of a head trip but very effective and really based on a very certain folk story from the Netherlands. So if you want to check out Borgman, please do that. And then and then rare exports that we've right, talked about another, before. You know, it's from Finland yeah. and
1: and it's not exactly a horror, but it is, you know, and it's and it's and a it's comedy Christmas. and it, it's so good. It's such a great movie. And uh yeah, and it's 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 a, it's a really
0: great one as the season approaches. It's a great Christmas horror film. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. From Finland. Yeah, so number 5 from Norway, Trollhunter, 2010. Uh number 5 on our list of Nordic horror, moving up to number 4. Another favorite It's made a few lists for good reason from 2009, another Norway entry, Dead Snow. And this one is fun because of those two words, Nazi zombies.
1: That's right. And you know what? We talked about this at, at a recent podcast uh, live event. And and I believe that our, our probably loyalist Fright Clubber, John Dean, uh, took us up on What I pointed out was the very first actually Nazi zombie movie is called Zombie Lake. They also, they also swim with a super naked woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. So these Nazi zombies are in Norway in uh and Workola's Hilarious and Bloody and, and Entrail-laden Dead
0: Snow. Yeah, and right there, you know, the great visual is all over the place because there's the red blood and the entrails against the white snow. Oh, yeah, it's so fun. A few movies, in fact, at least one more we're going to talk about, use that um, visual to, to great effect. And this one certainly does too.
1: Oh, I think yeah, better than most. You know, it's really, uh, it's in, in fact in some for fil- some scenes just stunning. You know, but he's they've got it's it's one of those it's almost cabin in the woods like where it just yeah. you know it sets up all of the horror tropes and then just has fun with them and but in a very loving way and it's got a you're doomed guy and he's outstanding, um, you know, and it's got the the chubby funny guy who's a movie nerd and he's just got you know it's 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 it has all the trappings and it shouldn't work but it
0: works brilliantly and this also has a bit of folklore to it because the Nazi zombies in the film i guess they're a combination of typical zombies that we know in pop culture and then ancient Norse mythical beings known as draugs. so again folklore that we're not familiar with but it gets in to this movie uh, that's a combination and also this movie was supposedly inspired by Nazi zombies in Call of Duty. Sure. One of the Call of Duties. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're not gamers, so we don't know. But I can definitely see that in watching the movie.
1: Very, very much a bit of a video game look about it and everything. But, you know, I think the folklore comes into, if they just left the treasure alone, (laughs) you know, the zombies wouldn't have bothered them. And if the last guy didn't just happen to have a gold coin on him by accident, maybe he'd, uh, well, he makes it to Dead Snow 2, which is another great movie, actually, (laughs) from the same nation.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those that is... You think about Nazi zombies, and it's one of those that go, of course. Of course, Nazi zombies. Why not? Why is it taking so long? Right. And it's it, it's just a lot of fun. And they have some fun in the movie. And we've talked about before how they a little do a little homage to uh, Brain Dead. Because the character, the one character wears a T-shirt yeah. that has the word Brain Dead on it. And uh, so they have some fun with that. And it's kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. They know what they're doing. But it all works. The vibe just works it's a lot of fun absolutely
1: it's got some it's got some uh throwbacks callbacks to um Evil Dead as well which is pretty clear Kevin in the Woods kind of a movie but then it's funny too because the guy in English makes these Indiana Jones references the film is not in English (laughs) (laughs) but you know he's a great character this movie nerd who's in there and just the whole movie is is a ton of fun I want to really quickly run through because I don't think people realize how many great horror movies come out of this part of the world and so I just want to run through there are three other Norwegian horror films that I think you want to check out one is called The Monitor came out in 2011 and it stars numira Rapace yeah girl with the dragon tattoo the original Kick-Ass, Kick we ass. love her yeah. Uh, and then cold prey uh, and there it's a series there's cold prey and cold prey 2 which is also quite good and then fail um which is a kind of uh mm, kind of a
0: folktale-y sort of freaky fairy tale sort of a thing norway loves their their folktales they do but uh, so that is number 4 on nordic horror from 2009 dead snow and you also, you recommend Dead Snow too? I do. Okay. Not nearly as highly, but it's, it's also very fun. Yeah, and that's from 2014. So that is number four. Moving up to number three, this is the one that I said we've mentioned many times but never had a chance to talk about. And it certainly brings up a lot of conversation to anyone that's seen it from uh, 2009, Denmark's Antichrist.
1: You said you wanted to help me!
0: Where are you?! Nature is Satan's church. The evil you talk about is an obsession. No! Did you want to kill me? Oh, yeah. So this is Lars von Trier, which right away any movie. Happy go lucky. Yeah, yeah he just loves people. <laughs> uh, any movie that he does is going to be really ready for dissection, and oh. some. We've seen most of them, Uh, and some I like very much, some I don't, Um, but he's always, he's one of those guys that, whatever his issues, and he appears to have some, (laughs) I want to see what he's doing. And this one, you know, it got a lot of press that it was so scandalous, and uh, I liked it. I loved it. I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. It's very, very psychological. A lot of people might say this one is borderline horror, although it's very horrific. You know, if this sort of stuff is not your bag, and there's another movie that we'll talk about next, actually, it's kind of the same way. Um, but it's it's so horrific and so psych psychological, and yet beautiful. Oh yeah, as his movies often are. Yeah. In fact, the opening what twenty minutes or so of this are just mind blowing, and and how beautiful they are. And there's this music playing, and this say this uh, opening sequence is just before it turns into incredible grief, it's so beautiful.
1: It is. Well, yeah, it's funny. The opening doesn't... You don't really have a sense of where you're going from there, right? The opening is just this sort of melancholy poetry on screen. So beautiful, so so painful, you know, so, so just stunning. And then the the rest of the film is, is really a depiction of grief and then a descent into madness. And then it's a Cabin in the Woods horror film.
0: Yeah, and it gets into some very infamous sequences, right. things that are shown. but it's
1: Yeah, the, depending on what country, I mean, some of the advertising for the film, the film poster, would just have a pair of bloody scissors.
0: Yeah, and it received a special, I guess they called it an anti-award, from the jury at, at Cannes. They typically award a movie that promotes spiritual and humanist values. This ecumenical jury decided to award this film an anti-award for its misogynistic views which is, whew. I mean, he's he's had that charge labeled at him, I think, with good reason many times. But that's, man, to give him an award for that, an anti-award, that's, yikes. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I necessarily see that here. And, uh, and, in this movie. In mean. this movie. Okay. Right. But you can see it in other
1: movies. Sometimes. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, and, and Sam Peckinpah was often considered a misogynist. And I think the truth is, for me, both of those very talented directors... Just hate people. I think just it's misanthropy, yeah. and uh, and yeah, so that means true. that they hate women. But I mean, I honestly do. I think that. I think that that Lars von Trier. And the other th- here's the other thing. I think most of his films, almost all of his films, you take a sort of um, a blameless female character and drop her in the position where the world is unspeakably cruel to her. Um, and I think. I f- and I, and I didn't I didn't really come up with this theory until I watched *Nymphomaniac*. I think he's the female character oh. in all the films. It didn't occur to me until *Nymphomaniac*, but I especially think, *Nymphomaniac* yes, too. Absolutely, that
0: was clear.
1: So so and that's a, so anyway. I I, I I think that that that's where he sees himself is in that yeah. female lead that he
0: puts into these uh, excruciating circumstances. I agree, and this was the first part of his quote trilogy of depression, which includes Melancholia, right. which I also liked oh, yeah. a lot, and then the two-part uh, Nymphomaniac from 2013. And, yeah, I think, because um, I, we like Melancholia, we liked the f- first Nymphomaniac. I think it was setting up something that didn't come in Nymphomaniac 2. Yeah, I did and, not care for the what second What I didn't one. like in Part 2 was that the fact that he was the central female character became so clear. Yeah. He was just shaking his fist and saying, I am what I am and the world doesn't understand me. And then it was just that totally fell apart for me. So I definitely agree with you there, but we're getting off the track of this movie. Um, But yeah, it's a really a a beautiful, as you say, rumination on grief. Yeah. And then into madness and everybody got carried away with a couple of things. They got carried away with that fox. Sure. You know, because that was weird. Yeah. And then they got carried away with the sexual violence. Yes. Um, But, at its heart, it was effective. Very yeah, effective.
1: Let me say this. Um, you know, People go see Lars von Trier, people who do go see Lars von Trier films, you know, you, you kind of gird your loins. You're expecting to be punished, right? But I think the traditional Lars von Trier fan is not a horror film fan. And I think that's where this one became disappointing to them because that last act is a horror movie. Not only that, it's basically a horror movie we've seen many times. It's mm. just played a bit differently. But it is your very typical Cabin in the Woods film where they go into the woods and awful, and it things just turn into madness that get out of control and horrible things happen. And somebody that's trusted turns into a violent psychopath. Yeah. And that's not uncommon in this genre. But I think people who like art house movies didn't expect it and didn't care
0: for it. Yeah, and we've had that discussion before about expectation and your whether your expectations are met before can affect what you think of a film so i think with what you're saying that could have happened here and and in in interviews and of course lars von trier has given some hmm, uh, eyebrow raising interviews yeah but he has said that he thought he was trying to make a horror film with this didn't wasn't exactly sure that he succeeded in the same way he was trying to make a musical with Dancer in the Dark <laughs> and didn't quite succeed, although there's music in that film.
1: I love Dancer in the Dark, and by the way. I did not. No. That's one
0: of his I don't care no. for. No. Because I thought that was just punishing for the sake of being punishing. Yeah, I loved that movie. Um, didn't didn't care for that one. But I, as I said, I always want to see what he's doing. Yeah. And this one I did like, and it is number three on our list of Nordic Horror Antichrist from 2009. And in keeping, this is the one I mentioned kind of the same theme uh, is at number two but goes back to 1968 uh, in Sweden and another very famous psychological director often, Ingmar Bergman's Hour of the Wolf. Ingmar
1: Bergman's Hour of the Wolf. The hour in which reality becomes a mockery of madness and masks hide behind faces. The hour of all final moments. Ingmar Bergman's Hour of the Wolf.
0: A diary of truths and lies like truths. Bergman is another director that has many titles that are very open to being dissected in what they mean. He can get very psych- psychological, as he does here. Yeah, it's a beautiful movie. It really uh, is. As,
1: I mean, of course it is. It's an Ingmar Bergman film. Yeah. You know, it's it's gorgeous and black and white, and and Max von who again is in is in so many of his films, right. Magnificent in here, and um, and he's married. He's an older man, and he's he's in this sort of rustic, isolated spot with his very young, pregnant wife, played by Liv Ullman, who could not be a more sympathetic character. You know, it's told in a way that has he run into this kind of decadent, weird sect that he did. He used to know them and he's fallen back into them and, Oh, they're so glamorous, but he's leaving his pregnant wife alone to do all the hard work. And, but she's so, you know, she's so hardy, but she's not very sexual. It's, it's, you know, there's all of these things at play and there's a story where she basically just says, More than anything in all the world, she wishes he would just kiss her, and I nearly wept when she said it, because you're just like, please, and he doesn't.
0: Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. This is another one that some people, if they haven't seen it, may not consider it a horror movie, because it's strictly almost just psychological horror. And what it is, is so much of it, you don't know if it's really happening or not. That's the key to it. Uh, and what is going on inside his head, and are these quote-unquote demons he's surrounded by, are they real, are they really demons, mm-hmm. or are they just people? It, so it's fascinating in are that way. Are they not way. even there? Are they not even there, that's right. So it's very it's all psychological horror, but you're right, it looks fantastic, the performances are great, yeah, and it's and it's Bergman, so it it's structured in this way that purposefully makes it ambiguous, and right. that's why it really just, seeps
1: it's so, into you it's so unsettling yeah it's so unsettling and it's so emotional in in many many ways and you know you even though max vencedo's character is it's not that you can't blame him because it is kind of hard to blame it starts off as sort of this idyllic kind of uh kind of a situation and then you're like as soon as you see sort of the, the fancy party you're like Yeah, I don't want to go home to live, almond either. So you don't entirely blame him. You root for him to do the right thing. But he's very... He's sympathetic and dislikable at the same
0: time. And it throws things at you like, well, just the fact that she's his pregnant wife. They talk about how close the due date is. And she doesn't look that pregnant. No. So you're wondering, oh, really? (laughs) And so everything is just off-kilter. Yes, everything is. The entire movie is off-kilter. But there are some very... Unsettling images. Yeah. Um, and again, made even more stark by the black and white. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's one that you, it's, it's hard to describe. it's
1: Because it's, it's, it's
0: so dreamy. It's yeah. hypnotic. Yeah. And, and, and so psychological. And uh, I'll tell you what, let me just throw out a, a recommendation too. If you get into this and you like it, if you haven't seen Through a Glass Darkly, yeah, do that. Uh, that is incredibly psychological and really more spiritual. Than, uh, than this one is. Just let me throw out a recommendation. And of course, for
1: that. If, if you do like um, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left, oh, uh, it yeah. was, it's based the on Virgin Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: which is also Max von Yeah, exactly. And it, It's crazy too to think. We've talked about when we talk about The Exorcist, how old they made him look, and he's not really. This is just a few years before The Exorcist. I know. It's crazy which is to, amazing think that. to think oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. So that is Hour of the Wolf, definitely one that you may not have seen, but please seek it out from Sweden, 1968, and that is our number two. And that only leaves room for one. This has made a few of our countdowns. We love it so much. Again from Sweden, 2008, let the right one in. It's a gift to you, George.
1: (laughs) Now, this should surprise no no one. This should surprise no one. As many lists as this has made, I do adore this movie. And and, um, even though I did like the American remake, there is something about the setting
0: of this film that is absolutely perfect. Didn't we just see, there's all these lists on the internet. I saw some list. Maybe it was the the. I did Rolling Stone. Was it Rolling Stone? I think it was Rolling was Stone. This? Had this. It's like the best horror film of the last twenty five years or something. It was like a that. number one, wasn't it? I think it was. Oh, no, if it wasn't number one, it was right up there. Yeah, and I'm like, yes, because anybody that gives this movie its due is, you know, your aces. That's right. Um, Rolling
1: Stone is pretty concerned
0: about <laughs> your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. Um, yeah, it, it's so effective and so well done, and it's if you don't know, Oscar is an overlooked and bullied boy, and he finds friendship love and revenge through Ellie a peculiar girl and of course she's a young vampire and there's so much going on it's it's Oscar being finding a friend yes and finding a protector but at the same time Ellie is grooming him to be her what's the word familiar is the word for the human that
1: looks after a vampire yeah, so his, I suppose that's what it what it yeah, would
0: be yeah because uh the one that's been her familiar
1: he's aging and he's not doing his job that well <laughs>
0: you, you know <laughs> and you know when you live forever you got to replace your employees you do so um, <laughs> but it's tender in the way it's also a story of friendship
1: honestly there's real heartbreak in the story of the familiar whose time is is up there is you yeah. know i mean he he's very devoted to her and he's clearly just crushed that he can tell she's looking to a replacement, and 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 it's a um, and it's a subtle performance, and um, but but no less lovely for it.
0: And one that's also done very well, if not better, in the remake because Richard Jenkins, yeah, who
1: is always magnificent, plays
0: that part of the uh, familiar in uh, the remake. Let me in, and and he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked mm-hmm. about the remake before. We love it. It's not as quite as good as the as the first one, but boy, they do a good they job. Do. Because normally that's one of those movies that I would have said, no, don't remake it. You know, because it's so often such a disappointment, but we like that one a lot too. But yeah, it <laughs> wasn't from the Nordic area, I it guess. It wasn't. It's a vampire story, but yet it's, like you said, it's it can be, it has those heartbreaking tender moments. Yeah, it does. And then it has just great bloody moments oh, uh, you know, that and are there, so well shot. There
1: are a bunch, you know, we always talk about the one because there's one that's absolutely you know infamous and for good reason it's just a brilliantly perfectly filmed sequence it's so magnificent but there are several good shocking bloody sequences in this movie and they're all done really well and you know what we don't ever talk about are these bizarre side characters and these weird sort of side things that are going on like um Oscar's parents you know they don't dig in at all to what's happening there but you get the sense there's it's unusual <laughs> yeah. whatever it is and then you know um Ellie's first group batch of victims. Well, there's a batch of victims that are sort of drunken, yeah. you know, uh, you know, elderly—not elderly, but middle-aged, bloated, drunkies who sit around and bitch about the government. And um, and and they're an interesting lot as well. And then, of course, the one female Ellie doesn't get a chance to finish off, so she's been bitten, but she hasn't been finished off. And her whole sequence is awesome.
0: And I I love when obviously the the title comes from the old horror vampire staple of what you have to be, you have to invite a vampire in, but I love that sequence when... Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, when Oscar has to decide, that's when he makes the choice, that he sees what's going on, and he's just going to... Let it be because right. he's become so attached, I love that sequence
1: yeah it's it's beautiful, and it's you know and it's it it I think it speaks not only to to what he's willing to do for her but what she's willing to do for his friendship as well, because yeah. she comes in anyway knowing what's going to happen
0: yeah, exactly, and uh that is let the right one in our number one you had to know it uh from Sweden, two thousand and eight number one on our Nordic horror, so chime in, let us know what you think. We love these Twitter. Exchanges. They go on. <laughs> they go on and on. Sometimes, but that's fun. So keep that conversation going. We're at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F on Twitter, on Facebook. It's Mad Wolf Columbus. You can look us up there. Of course, uh, Golden Spiral Media uh, takes the comments as well. The uh, they host this uh, podcast for us, which we always appreciate. You can send us a message, and we will get it on there as well. So plenty of ways to reach out, and we hope you do. And of course, we hope you can come see us if you're in the Central Ohio area and celebrate Christmas and Hope's birthday on December the 14th <laughs> at the Gateway Film Center. We're going to show Calvert. That should be fun.
1: I can honestly think of no better way to celebrate my birthday than with Calvert. All right. I'm super excited. Mark it y- down. If you want to, if you want, if you feel, if you're hankering for an extra uh, horror movie review every Saturday, I do a Saturday Screamer on ScreenRelish.com. Pop over there. And I want to say one other thing that we didn't mention. Could have made the list. When Animals Dream from 2014. Oh, yeah. It's a great coming-of-age werewolf kind of thing that's really worth your worth checking out
0: from Denmark. And we definitely want to say we finally got the taping down to return the favor to our buddies Vincent Grant from In the Record Store podcast. They had us on a few weeks ago on their podcast to talk about our favorite horror movie scores. And so now we're going to return the favor. They're going to join us in a couple of weeks as we count down the our favorite and their favorite black and white horror movies.
1: A gift to you, Dark Dave. He's <laughs> yeah. been waiting. He's been
0: waiting for a black and white. So we're going to do that with our guests, Vince and Grant, from In the Record Store Podcast. Check that out, especially if you're you know if you're a m- music fan, and we certainly are. Yes, We talk about movies all the time, but we love the tunes, and uh, they do that very well in the Record Store Podcast. So we look forward to that. Got a lot going on. Hit us up on Twitter, keep it going and until next week I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden and this is the Fright Club podcast. Stay frightful my friends.